Hey everyone, it's Salman Qureshi. You're listening to the Expat Brand Podcast. What's up? How's it going? Welcome back. And I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful morning, a wonderful day, a wonderful evening, whatever time of day it is for you. And it's been a great day where you have been assigned to work next to the beach somewhere. Your boss called you up and said, hey, listen, I need you to take a day off today and just head to the beach and just chill out in some uh, uh, next to like a, a fancy area of the beach where they serve you coffee, drinks, everything by by your, you know, by your, what do you call it, the lounge. And uh, it's it's a perfect day. The, the sun isn't like, you know, too heavy on you. And you're just like chilling out and and you're being paid to do it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that a great day to start off? Huh? Huh? No? Okay. All right. That's not the kind of day you're having? I hope those are the kind of days you have, man. Um, it's been uh, great since I last got on the episode with uh, with you guys. But this is... Um, man, I got to ask you guys, right? I'm. Uh, I, I have this problem with one of my neighbors... And they have this dog, and I'm a dog lover, and they keep putting him in the balcony. It's an apartment building. They keep putting him in the balcony at, like, odd hours, like 4 or 5 a.m., and the poor dog's, like, barking like crazy. And I complained to the security after, like, a few days of it because I was like, all right. There were two, obviously, there's a selfish interest (laughs) because I could hear uh, the dog barking and woke me up. Uh, There's a selfish side. I'm going to be honest. I'm not all altruistic as much as you guys think I am. Does anyone think I am? I don't know. Uh, But there is, there was the other side of it, which I was worried about, which was that, what's this poor dog doing in the balcony at those odd hours? Like, are they just dumping him? It's, It's hot here sometimes, you know? I, I don't think our balcony is like the super safest balcony in the world compared to, you know, all kinds of buildings. And so I was just like out of interest of the dog and the welfare of the dog. Also, the fact that I want to punch that guy uh, or, or the person, whoever uh, is that particular neighbor lives a floor above my apartment. Um, I also wonder... What are the rules here? Because I, I do worry about, like, report. I, I told the security because I was like, just have a chat with him, uh, with the person. I, I was happy to do it myself. Sec- for obvious reasons, the security said, mm, we'll handle it. You don't need to know which apartment building this is. And <laughs> not like I was going to, you know, go up and punch him or something. It's just things in my head, not things I actually do. Uh, mainly because I'm I'm too small to pick fights with potentially bigger people most people are bigger than me so you know that has helped me to live a non-confrontational life uh, for most of my life yeah it's a good reason to do it and so I I was you know the security did kind of handle it. it's been a bit better I, I haven't heard the dog out in odd hours now which is a good sign right but I do worry about reporting these things like if it kept happening let's say this person was just the worst person in the world. It's just, you know, one of those A-holes and refused to, it, it kept doing that. So your next step here, I suppose, 
would be apart from the fact that I can't go and speak to the person because I I'd have to step out at 4 a.m. <laughs> look at the balconies to figure out which uh, apartments he's actually in and then walk over right it's a bit of hassle for me the next step would probably be me going over to uh, calling the police over and I don't ever want to do something like that because that means uh, I'm reporting this person I'm getting police involved like that's the last thing you want to do right <laughs> you don't want to be the guy in the apartment building going I'm gonna call someone over and I'm gonna just make them uh, bring police into this and make this a big deal and and the other reason I worry is that sometimes I feel like uh, in, in our places like this police might take very drastic action uh, or the animal welfare police I don't know, is that a thing out here there must be, there is a I know there are laws for animal welfare but who looks after is there a separate kind of bunch of people sitting around going who's hurting animals we're gonna go bust their knees up let's go whoa but they all get into a little car I don't know why it's little but they all get into it and and it's got and it's got one of those you know um, it's got those like doggy bar what, what do you call them dog mouth kind of thing right in front and a, a tail no tail would be dangerous while you're driving just just a dog thing okay and and to go around looking for people um, who hurt animals that would be cool but I guess it's just the police here, isn't it? And they'll show up and they might take the dog away from the owner. And maybe I've got it wrong. Maybe I'm looking at from the prism of my uh, issue of this dog just, you know, ruining my sleep. So I think I, I don't want to do that. And I, I think it's the last. I've, I've had people who've had the police called on them for similar reasons. And I thought it was a low blow move. Um and, you know, the first step would be to just talk to your building security and stuff and just figure it out. Uh, anyway, I'm just trying to figure this out on my podcast for some reason. Like, uh, if, you're, um, if you're a dog owner or you've had a similar problem, I want to hear what you did in those moments. And I really worry about calling the police because they might take the dog away. And what if that dog's in love with their owner? And that really is the worst thing they do. And it really doesn't affect the dog. Maybe he's barking out of happiness. Right? He's just like, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. oh my God, I'm out again. And look, look, I can see things outside. And it's so fun. And it's uh, loud. And it's cool. Huh, huh. Right? Like, it's in that zone. And, and I'm like, no, it's angry. And it's upset. And it's about to kill itself. <laughs> so, <laughs> we could be just completely wrong here. All right? Um, I, I've got bigger issues. We all have bigger issues to deal with than my issue with this dog. All right? And how to handle it. <laughs> I was reading up on Jeddah and something struck me. Actually, I've, I've heard this from a lot of friends who still live there uh, or have visited recently. And they said, oh, they keep saying the same thing. You can't you can't recognize Jeddah. They've got rid of all the old stuff. You know, they've broken down all the buildings and stuff. And it makes me a little bit sad. You know, living in Dubai, I've seen it happen quite a bit here as well. And I get progress is uh, rebuilding sometimes or a lot of times and you know it might be better in the long term because those areas the buildings might have just gotten way too old it's dangerous I, I don't know maybe they've got better urban planning now right they, they're probably improving that uh, it's sad because 
in some ways there's no history preserved. But then I'm not a traditional conservative kind of guy who thinks we need to preserve too much. I don't know. What are you learning by keeping some old <laughs> buildings up there? I think, look, this is this is how it goes down with me, right? Like over here, when I moved 20 years ago, there was this, uh, there's a hard rock cafe in uh, next near to the Burj Al Arab. It was, at that time, it was on the outskirts of the city, all right? And uh, it was famous because this building had this huge guitar. When I say huge, I mean like, I don't know, was it 10 stories big or something? And it was, uh, it was huge and it, and it was like a landmark. And eventually they took it down because they wanted to construct that area again, rebuild, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and that was, um, and that was a real like, oh no, but you know, I've known this guitar, it's such a cool landmark and it's gone. There's no like talk around it. There was no like, should we preserve this instead? And part of me gets it because they built something more around it. It's, uh, but I, I missed out on that, right? And then someone said, well, it's a commercial building, right? It wasn't like a museum or a, a very important historical piece, according to them. And so bringing it down shouldn't matter. And I get that. I get that too. So I see both sides. It's still a little sad to lose something, right? Maybe it's just that. And and the, and maybe with the Jeddah story, it's a bit painful for me because I, I kind of think about it and I go, hmm. Well, it just means when I go back, if I ever get to visit, I I won't really have much to go back to, you know, like, hey, look, we used to play cricket there or football there. No, that's just a mall now. <laughs> and every place changes, I suppose. But I think the, the problem in the Middle East is the the things around the buildings around the construction around it's such a there's such new countries that changes so much faster it's like your your friendship circle and your buildings they just keep changing constantly right like in five years you're practically living in a new city with new people <laughs> that's what this place sometimes feels like and it's tough man when you're getting older you want to cling on to something Right. And I don't like I said before, like, I don't want to end up like an old guy who's just like cranky and stuff and wants to listen to music from 30 years ago. Oh, by the way, my mind just got blown. Uh, this is a complete segue into nothing. But I just had to put this out there. I just realized it's the 25th anniversary of me giving my IGCSE exams. That's crazy. Right. That is crazy. 25 years ago, I was a young kid giving IGC, uh, my IGCSE exams and thinking this is the most important thing I'll ever do in my life. When I look back, it may have... When I look back, it may have just been the most important thing I, I might have done, all right? Uh, and I did them in Jeddah, right? I think even the buildings or the mall where I did those exams might not exist anymore. That just... It just... I. You know what it is? It's a reminder to you that life and the world is moving on and you're the ones that's, that's going to disappear in a bit. I'm I'm past my half... Oh my God, this is depressing, isn't it? Why are you guys listening to this? Why am I talking about this? All right. My point was, 
Jeddah is undergoing changes. It's kind of exciting too. I want to see what develops. I've heard there's a little bit of problem with like they're really just going at it with like big bulldozers and and people who live there have just kind of had to scram as it's coming down. So that's kind of sad. I wish, you know, people would just remember at the end we're human beings, man. So take care of that. But it's happening and uh and Saudi's changing and uh they have concerts and the grand prix and film festivals happening in Jeddah so you know i think uh it's a great city it always has been it's been around for so many years uh it is time to visit isn't it i'm i'm looking forward to it because i i did finally figure out the visa thing i can apply for on arrival or or sorry yeah not on arrival it's uh it's pre you just online e visa it's straight and easy and i think you get it for a year i have to check up the options completely but that's great you know one of the things i've always just been lazy about is just applying for a visa and going through that process i just like it's not worth it but now it is and it's easy so i'm going to try that out and let's see you know uh like i said a few times i've been uh, thinking about going to saudi to do some take some comedy over and perform there and see how that goes down. And you know, putting aside my insecurities about growing old and latching on to old stuff, I think it's also exciting how these new countries are building and being progressive. And I don't mean that just by, you know, they're not progressive just because they're building high towers. They're progressive in the idea of like shaping up their cities better, improving the stuff and opening up, uh, which is in contrast to some of the other countries in this region or the world where, you know, women are still fighting to get to decide what to wear. And that is that is a funny one for me, right? Men just want to interfere. And I put aside all your beliefs and values. It just comes down to like let them decide what they want to wear and i may have my misgivings you may have yours about what people should wear and what not because you know we're we're just so we're so godlike like that but you know man just put your ego aside let them decide what they want to do it's it's them going undergoing it have to deal with it it's their issue don't you have enough issues of your own don't you have manly stuff you got to deal with right which brings me to a a little segment i call your top self-care tip of the day bum 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 or your top self tip care your top your top self-care tip of the episode yeah that sounds more like it let's try that again your top self-care tip of the episode cool so your top self-care is to the men out there since since you know i've brought that stuff up dudes you gotta change your bed sheets all right if not every few days at least once a week i see guys young people who move out and they just don't know that that's a thing it just baffles me like why would you want to sleep in those same sheets for time and time again like what is wrong with you if you think this is manly, then it's really stupid because what you're actually doing is just just being gross, right? And just causing diseases to spread. That's where that's why COVID happened. And that's why a lot of new diseases 
uh, will come out into this world because you don't change your sheets. All right, people, you got to change it every so often so you're not sleeping in filth. Okay, if you think it's a manly thing to do to not change it, guess wrong. You know what real men do in the army? Soldiers, they get up every morning and they change their bed sheet. They make their bed, they clean up, and then they start their day. Yeah, so if you think you're more manly than a soldier, then you're stupid. <laughs> Just wanted to end it there, right? That's my nice top self-care tip of the episode. I hope it makes the world a better place. Trust me, people like you better. All right. Um, <laughs> you know, I gotta. Uh, I do. You know, as I. This is a very like. Um, one of those episodes where I'm just like looking back at a lot of things in my life and and just having a little apprehension about the future and stuff. But I couldn't help but think. You know, there, there've been some really great things for me. I I think one of the things I really thought that you know you got to find markers in your life. Uh, there are times when you struggle and you think, man, am I stuck in a rut? What's happening with my life? When I die, will people even remember me, my legacy and whatnot? And, and, and you start going down this spiral and this path. And I think sometimes it's good to just pause and go, hey, what has actually happened? So jokes aside, right? One of the cool things that I, I feel like happened in my life was the, the when I look back at my career, all the kind of different things I've done. So recently, I was trying to like... Uh, revamp my profile and uh, just you know give it a new like fresh look at it and I was really <laughs> I was really impressed with some of the stuff I've done I know I know it sounds self-conceited but I was really proud of it I was like hey man I've actually done some good stuff here because I I looked at the brands I've worked with and the, how far I've come the kind of gigs I've got to do uh, some really good big breaks and some of a lot of the stuff that I, if someone had told me at the beginning when I started doing comedy that I would get to do, I would not have believed it. I would have been, it's like a, it's it's too far out there. It's crazy that I would be in that position. So that part is really cool. I think one of the things that stuck out for me recently was this Toyota thing, right? So um, right when I started, I started taking acting gigs and doing whatever I could to make a bit of money for, from being an artist instead of my regular nine to five and one of the first gigs I did right it was for Toyota and this team flew in from Japan they wanted to record an internal training video all right so I was one of the actors on that video there are two white American dudes like super white uh, completely stereotype Americans live in Japan kind of guys actors though and really nice guys I think I'm, I'm still in touch with uh, one of them at least on Facebook and and then they had me from locally sourced and a couple of Japanese actors the director was uh, Japanese and he didn't speak English and, and that was a funny bit that I had going on with the directing because uh, <laughs> we had a translator um, and she would <laughs> she translate everything that this guy would tell me. So it, sometimes it'd be scary because he, he'd come in and I think he's angry. He'd just be like, and I'd be like, oh my God, um, I'm not filming this right. I was new. I was very apprehensive about the stuff going on. And so, you know, it was uh, it's nice to hear the tra the translator just go, no, he's saying you're doing a good job. Great. You just keep it up. Uh, that, that was a good shot. And I'm like, all right, okay, man. I just had a lot of mixed emotions when I was shooting for that. Uh, but the key thing was, I had a small role in it, 
and it was mostly like these factory worker like little tidbits that I did and somewhere in Japan this training video must be watched by loads of people or something right I don't know so um so it's kind of funny to me that yeah I, I I'm some factory guy there and it um it wasn't like a big deal to me but uh, sometimes when you face stereotypes here about uh where you're from and everything i realized very quickly those are the kind of roles i get uh, offered all the time a security guard uh, 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 this and that and i'm like hey man this you know we do more than just that i can play other stuff anyway that kind of was always like a sticking point to me until uh years later as i got well into my acting and comedy career Toyota came back and hired me to do some brand work, like a like an influencer hire. And I was hired as the face of it, and I got to do this big project where I was paid a lot of money. I gotta admit, yeah, it was it was some real good money I made from that gig. And it was really nice to see how far I had come from this little role for the same brand to the brand approaching me directly to represent them on online on in a million videos and they promoted it and it was it was quite big it was part of this car show thing that happens annually here and it's just a little reminder to everybody i guess as well you know we forget how far we've come sometimes and how much has happened and sometimes it's nice to look back at it and go hey you know those are some great points those are some good things i experienced and I guess if I tie this back up to the whole Jetta thing, oh man, I gotta eat humble pie. You know, <laughs> I know, uh, like you said earlier, the changes are happening, and sometimes you sit there and go, "Did we have to change everything?" But the truth is, overall, it's probably really good and something to look forward to. And you know, the future generations probably like it. How's this tied up with me doing better in my career? Uh, I'm just actually thinking out loud now. I think I think the point is, you know, uh, that the the real point is that you you gotta keep moving ahead and progressing, because and and keep reminding yourself how well you've done, right? And not look back at all the changes as a bad thing. Wow, I you know for a second there, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I really thought I've messed this up. I don't know how to tie this thing up. I don't know what. Am I just waffling today? Is my brain fried? And then I tied it. And I'm like, yes, that was the point I was trying to make. So I'm having another great moment <laughs> with myself about how cool I am. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to round off this episode, guys. Um, a little shout out to uh, Unib Graham. Uh, he's, uh, he's a friend as well, but he's also a real fan online. Uh, he really shares all my stuff. So good shout out to you, man, for listening and and always, uh, always giving it a share. Appreciate it very much. It, it goes a long way. And I, I just did a, you know, I'm really proud also because I just did a stand-up. This is a whole rebuilding thing. Oh, my God. Now I see it. Now that I'm talking it out, it's very clear. I, I just went out and did 10 minutes of just complete new material. All right, just completely new material that I've been writing for a while. And I haven't done that in ages, even though I've been talking about putting a new special out. It was scary. Because, you know, when you have great jokes you can rely on and you get laughs from people, you start like it, it becomes a crutch for you. And I had to put that aside and go, I'm going to be risky. I'm just going to do this and see what goes down. Just like any comic should over and over again. Write, perform, write, perform, write, perform. But this time 
it, it just felt great to really, really just do it, jump back right into it. So I haven't done that in ages. And I guess that rebuilding thing felt good, man. And it's uncomfortable, but it was good. Oh my God, I'm just like really just having a moment here, guys. <laughs> so, all right, I've got to get back to work. I got a lot of things to do. I'm really, really busy trying to put out these episodes whenever I can. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, share it, leave a comment, leave a review. It goes a long way to help uh, spread the word for the show. Uh, You guys take care. Have a great week ahead. And goodbye, or as a dog would say, woof.